0: Well, we're moving into Holy Week, and what do we think of Easter? What do Christians think about Easter? And does it have like pagan origins? Is that even a thing? As Christians, should we be talking like that? Should we be propagating this understanding from a secular atheist history and not understanding our own history and the Jewishness of Easter?
1: You fall into the theology pit. You fall
0: in the theology pit. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the theology pit. This is theology out of Pittsburgh, and not to be confused with the bottomless pit, because you know what we say when you fall into a bottomless pit, you die of dehydration. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, podcaster, theologian, the Reverend Samson Kovacs, coming back to you again with another installment of the theology pit, and this is an exciting time of the year, especially for Christians. This is Holy Week. Just kicking it off with um, Palm Sunday. That's going to be tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the Saturday. And then we, of course, have Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Resurrection Sunday or Easter, as it's called. Now, one of the things that that pops out a lot this time of year is um, all of the, you know, secularists and atheists have to come out with their Um, interpretation or understanding of what Christianity is, who Jesus is, the origins of Easter, how and why Christians celebrate things. And and usually they get it completely wrong because they don't ever really look at history, but um, I'm not going to completely fault them on that. I'm I'm really not. And the reason why I am not going to completely fault them on this is because there are a lot of Christians that are extremely uneducated and influential on, uh, online uh, that have big audiences and big followings that continually perpetuate um, this kind of misinformation. Um, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is. Like, if, if, if a secularist or an atheist makes a claim about your faith, why do you just accept it? Like, why do you just say, oh, I guess that's right. I guess that's true. And it probably is. But here's something else or, or what have you. Now, um, we're going to be looking today at a couple clips from, uh, from the Internet. Um, and whenever you find yourself aligned with people who are maybe if they're from a, a Christian faith that has some very odd practices, borderline practices, and you're walking almost in lockstep with them. You really need to um, to catch yourself, and you could just be kind of moved a few um, few steps away, also. That's always troubling because you you see like the trajectory of this line of thinking when it goes outside of the Jewish narrative, when it goes outside of the early Jewish Christian narrative, and when it goes outside of the early Christian heritage, um, and 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 world history, and then. And then you start doing things where, you know, well, in English, it sounds like this. So therefore, if it has like some ring of truth to it, if it's if it's palatable, you're like, well, yes. OK. And so I want to I want to kind of listen to this and I, I want to kind of talk about um, you know some of the some of the things in in Easter. Uh, we're eventually going to land on the Easter bunny um and talk about that just a tiny bit. Um I'm not going to get into that too too much. Um that'll probably be for next week when we get into the um like the the next podcast when we get into all of the um symbolism in in Easter and and you know why we do a lot of the things we do and, and where it comes from in in a much more fuller episode. But I just want to sort of whet your appetite with the common perception that's out there all of these clips that i'm going to play are from people who claim to be christian okay these are not because i i was going through youtube and i i typed in you know like christian easter bunny and i looked at you know some of the atheist videos and i and the seculars videos even the history channel and i was like wow you know they really get it wrong but that's to be expected what do the christians say And so I started watching the Christians and the Christians were almost in lockstep with what the secularists were saying. Um, but some like move further out. And so I'm going to play this first one. And this is, you know, for some reason, seventh day Adventists are always our favorite like whipping boys, you know, here for, for this sort of stuff. And, um, I don't, I don't know this guy's name. Um, let me see. He's he has a uh, his his YouTube page is called Bible Flock Box. I do not endorse it. I do not recommend it. I'm just um, saying it because we're using his content to comment on it and. You know, I think it's appropriate. But here is a a video that he has titled, Is it a sin to celebrate Easter? The truth will surprise you. So a very uh, provocative um, type thing. Uh, So let's take a listen to what he has to say here.
1: Some websites claim that Easter originated from the celebration of Ishtar, a pagan goddess of sex and fertility, or other pagan goddesses like Ostre, the Anglo-Saxon goddess of spring. And that's where you get the bunny and the eggs from for Easter. They symbolize fertility and new birth. And that's probably true. One thing is for sure, you don't find any mention of Christians celebrating Easter in honor of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the New Testament.
0: All right, I'm going to stop this right here because there is no connection whatsoever between uh ishtar or Oster and, and and easter besides the fact that it sounds kind of similar uh, other than that there's zero there's none um the rabbit thing is something we're going to get into later you know uh, in 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 this episode but it um it has nothing uh, to do with that so he's taking this off of face value you know number that's number one number two um He's saying that there is no mention of Easter at all in the New Testament. Now, you don't find that word anywhere. It's not. It's not there. We do not have Easter. And I'm sitting there going, we don't have the word Bible either we don't have the word New Testament that you're saying that you're getting this from. The word Bible isn't in the Bible. The word New Testament isn't there. I mean, we have, it says like, you know, um, this is a new covenant, which you could translate as New Testament in in the blood of Christ, but he's referring to a collection of 27 books, which that's not what that means within scripture. So you don't even have that there. So just doing it, um, you know, on that, on that idea, is um, is a little bit is a little bit nonsensical, um, and so I just I don't I don't know why Christians accept this kind of thing, and why they say this kind of stuff because he he's not backing it up with anything. He's like that's probably true. What do you mean probably true? You have a, a YouTube page where you're you know educating people. There are he has five hundred and thirty seven thousand subscribers, half a million people, half a million people subscribe to this. Okay. And this video here, this video has over thirty seven thousand views. Maybe if you have that kind of an audience, you would want to be a little bit more responsible and, you know, uh, up the quality. I guess you don't have to up the quality of the video, though. If if, if people responding like this, yeah, sit in your car and rant. I mean, that's if that, if that works, that works. But, um, but he's just tickling people's ears. He's not even like making any sense of anything here. In
1: order to make pagans feel comfortable converting to Christianity,
0: and that's not true. The church did not sit there and take uh, pagan festivals and Christianize them. Um, that's historically inaccurate. If anything, um, you had pagans trying to Christianize what they were doing in order to attract Christians because. Christians were leaving them see when you have a faith like Christianity that's allowed to be legal at this time period in the in the early fourth century the Edict of Milan was signed in 3 313 AD uh, by Constantine which allowed Christianity to be le- legal and this this Christianity was growing okay for it's not like, it's not like there was this giant atheist pie back then and all of the religions were dumped at one time and everybody's an atheist and um, and they're all just making these choices. People were very religious, okay? So for a new faith to grow, it would necessarily mean that another tradition, another religion would be losing members. So if it's growing... And and, and and the other ones are losing members, then the ones who are losing members would look at what is this tradition doing? What is this religion doing that's attracting them? Maybe we should do some stuff like that to retain people or to get them back, okay? You don't have, you know, the opposite way. You don't have somebody coming up with saying, oh, all right, well, let's, let's paganize what we're doing and, and bring people in to a faith that says we shouldn't follow pagans, pagan rituals. Like it's, it's very backwards thinking, but this is, um, this is what a seventh day Adventist Christian is proclaiming to a large audience.
1: Some other pagan holidays and practices that have been given a Christian makeover include Christmas, Lent, all saints day, and the Sunday Sabbath,
0: the Sunday Sabbath. That's it. Worship on Sunday is pagan. Okay. Can you see, can you see where this is going? Like, this is just ridiculous on its face in, in all ways. I mean, this is somebody, and, and this is why I get on Seventh-day Adventist so much because they are historically ignorant and they, they have all of these like weird workspace salvation beliefs and everything and they will, write, they will just tell people, hey, right away, you're going to hell because you worship on Sunday or, you know, something like that. Like it's, you know, or you wear jewelry, you know. I mean, that's, that's another thing there, another pagan thing.
1: With that being said, does that mean it's wrong to commemorate the resurrection of Jesus on Easter? That's what I'm going to be talking about in this video. But before I do that, I want to I don't thank Doug Batchelor for sponsoring this video. Doug Batchelor is one but, of my favorite oh, yeah. Jesus's Jesus' resurrection You're on jump ahead Easter. Here. Not necessarily. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Therefore, if we observe Easter in a way that bring God's glory and we avoid the pagan trappings interwoven into Easter, I think that can be acceptable to God. Ways this can be done is by doing evangelistic outreach on Easter or maybe even holding an Easter church service where we preach about the resurrection of Jesus and the hope of eternal life that gives us.
0: Just don't do it on a Sunday. (laughs) I mean, that's uh, this is how ridiculous this is. But he, he, you know rants on and on about, um, about this kind of stuff. But so here, here is somebody that is just giving into the secular history, giving into the atheist philosophy and, um, and not even questioning it, like not even questioning it. And that's, that's probably one of the, the biggest problems that I have with it. Now we're going to move over to this guy named uh, Randy Fullard right now. And Randy Fullard, um, he is a uh, a pastor from the group uh, Yahweh's Restoration Ministry, and he is making the argument um, that is similar to this other guy's that it is uh, that Easter is a. Um, you know, following the, uh, the, the pagan rituals, but, um, he's saying that Oster is German where that guy said that Oster is, you know, uh, Anglo-Saxon. Um, and, and and he's giving like what he considers evidence of it being a pagan holiday because of the name Easter. I mean, that's, that's really the only thing that he has. They sort of sound alike and that's, that's kind of the, the thing, what he's doing, and it's funny because it's called, um, you know, uh, well, the, the video is called Pagan Origins of Easter, but um, the series that he has is called Drive By Teaching. And believe me, it is a drive by.
2: again, when this transition occurred, it was the eighth century. Again, like, it's, it's just amazing to me. You know, if you look at history, if you look at the Bible, what you come up with, and there's no denying the pagan origins of Easter. Again, this is not in the Bible. Uh, the Messiah's apostles, they never observed this day, and even worse yet, according to all these references, and believe me, there's many, many more confirming the origins of Easter. This came from the Anglo-Saxon pagan worship, and we find that it occurred somewhere around the 8th century. So very, very important. You know, as a believer,
0: you know there are so many things wrong with that that I, I, I have a hard time keeping up. Number one, Celebrating the resurrection of the Messiah and saying that that is not something that Jesus and the disciples did is like saying the Jewish people did not celebrate Passover before they came out of Egypt. Of of course they didn't. Why? In what anachronistic world do you live in that you you look at something and say oh well because that thing hadn't occurred yet they weren't celebrating it so therefore we shouldn't celebrate it because they didn't Jesus didn't celebrate Easter so therefore we shouldn't and again this is um, ignorance on um you know, on on this guy's part on this this drive by you know hit piece that he's doing here and he's saying that Easter celebration of Easter is an eighth century concept an eighth century concept from pagan origins. I this couldn't be I mean the guy has never picked up a history book never never read any Christian history at all like ever, ever. And the reason why I can say that so emphatically with this guy is because if you are worth your weight in salt at all, you will know that one of the, the biggest arguments in the you know, early church, early, early middle, middle Ages, I, I would say very early Middle Ages, is the argument over the date of the Easter celebration, the Passover, or the, the, the Paschal celebration. Okay. Of, of when, what day do you celebrate Easter on? You know, because, and, and there's, and, you know, I'll, I should probably get into this now. Um, one of the things that was happening is that um, Easter was first off, it's a, it's a proto-dramatic uh, syllabification of a word that the Anglo-Saxons had, you know, that, that was able to come about only after the uh, in German influence upon the uh, what would eventually become the English language. You know, I mean, it's like the way that we pronounce words and the way we say things, like it's it's has a lot of German influence early on. And then later on, in like the eleventh and twelfth century, we had the French influence for some of our pronunciation. So the way that we speak has evolved over time. So the word Easter comes from Oster the, the german word for for east eastern okay um uh the um austria for example is it means means like eastward like like you know, something like eastland eastward land you know it just means like east where the sun rises okay so it's it's literally um easter literally means resurrection day it's 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 like a uh like i said it's it's this hybrid word but it's german origins mean like resurrection day. It means like to the East, to the rising of the sun. It has that, 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 um, imposition onto it. Um, this is where it comes from. And so it has nothing to do with, with Ishtar or Oster at all. Okay. Um, the, um, uh, was it Oster hair for, uh, the, um, the Easter bunny, you know that has a, a different understanding. We're going to get to later, but but saying that you know this word has the identical or similar connotations to a you know Mesopotamian goddess of Ishtar is is ridiculous to say. And then on top of that, compounding that to say that this was invented in the eighth century. Is, is just completely ignorant, completely ignorant. So in, in the medieval church, uh, uh, about 6:30 AD, you have a lot of arguments and tension on when to celebrate Easter. Some of the Christians, early Christians who were discipled by John, okay and you know, Christianity went out into the world of course and they uh, settled you know up in um, like Ireland. Uh, you know, and, and, um, and, and the, I guess what would be now, you know, like the British like providences and stuff like that. And so Celtic Christianity in England and Western England was very independent of Rome. Okay. At the time, so much so, so much so that, you know, whenever, um, Gregory the Great sent, uh, St. Augustine from Hippo up to, um, you know, the, the Anglo-Saxons to, um, to, to witness to them and Christianize them. The reason why is because he saw some um, slaves that were um, brought from that area and their white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, very beautiful. He said, they look like angels. And that's where we get Anglo from angels. And he's like, they're angel, like angel people, Anglo-Saxons. And so he said, they need to hear the gospel. And so they get up there and they're like, we're here to bring you the gospel. And they're like, yeah, OK, you know, and what's funny is that they, they set up like their camps in um, their, their, not their camps, but their churches and everything in old abandoned churches. You know, and the the tension was, they were like, yeah, we're Christian. Well, you're not, well, we're from, you know, Rome. We're from the the seat of Peter. Like, well, so we're from John. Well, when do you worship Easter? Well, we're worshiping on April 14th, like everybody else. And they're like, no, not everybody else. And they're like, well, we know that there are some Christians that don't, you know, some follow a solar calendar rather than a lunar calendar. And that's cool, you know. um, But they said, uh, what we do is, you know, We follow the Passover calendar because Passover um, is the celebration of Pascha, the Paschal Lamb that was slain, which is Christ. So it's just in line with that. And sometimes we have Easter on a Wednesday, you know, and they say, no, you can't do that. Um, You have to follow it here. So early. So you're talking like, you know, early 7th century, late 6th century is, is when these meetings were taking place. That this has been happening. Now, these people have been celebrating a what this guy is saying, a pagan holiday, independent of the rest of the church, you know, for 600 years with similar liturgies and understandings and meanings behind it, just the day was different. And they're doing this one to 200 years before this guy says that it was invented and put in the liturgy. Like that's just completely ignorant, and I mean they did uh, the the Celtic Christians did get in line with Rome because it was um, it was put in um, in lockstep by a um, uh, a a discussion that was had with um, let me see here let me let me kind of grab the names here uh, that uh, a man by the name Winfred of York um, argued this. Before um, a, a person, um, I think her name was uh, Hilda. And they were like, you know, the the, the ruler, the emperor of the time uh, up, up in this point. And his argument was that, um, that there is the primacy of Rome because, quote, Christ gave Peter the case to the kingdom of heaven. And the Irish bishop, Coleman, said, well, yes, that's true. And so so because it's true, fine, we will honor it on that day. And, and like, that was it, but to say that you know Christianity was um, or, or that Easter was invented in the eighth century to mimic, or because of, you know, pagan Mesopotamian uh, rituals is outlandish. I mean that's that's ridiculous. I mean the the one place you'd want to look is is you know maybe at Mesopotamia itself and its history and the Christians that were living there and did they celebrate Easter? Well, you're not going to find that word anywhere. You'll find you know Pascha, um, which you know uh, comes from the word um, yeah the 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 Hebrew alliteration of um, of Passover. And so everywhere in the world, except for a small part of the world, which is mostly um, English-speaking Westerners, it, 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 we say Easter and not uh, Pasca or, or a version of it. I was talking to somebody the other day that was a um, native Spanish speaker, and I said, what do you call it? And hers was a, a, a Spanish uh, pronunciation of Pasca. And so, this, this understanding of, well, because it sounds like Ishtar, you know, because it's Easter, Ishtar, Easter, Ishtar, Easter, Ishtar. Yeah, and it sounds like that in the 21st century. That's where it comes from. That That is the most ridiculous and ignorant thing ever. So, there is so much wrong with what this guy is saying.
3: The Theology Pit is a partner-funded ministry. Please consider partnering with us by making a donation at theologypit.com. Just scroll to the bottom of the page, hit the donate button, and make a contribution to the best theology pit podcast on the internet. Now let's get back to the show.
2: You know, as a believer, you know, and this is so so important. So listen to this; it's this so so important. As a believer, it's critical that we worship our Father in heaven as He defines within His Word. Because when we don't. When we worship another way, Yahweh says he, 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 he has no honor for that. He has no respect for that because He wants us to worship as He defines within His Word. Not as our church may say worship is. Not as our pastor or our minister may say worship is. No, we need to ignore all of that and look at Scripture and how He defines worship. And what we find scripturally, again, is that they observed the Passover, the feast days, along with the Sabbath, and not this day called Easter, which took 800 years, really, for the church to adopt and bring into
0: his liturgy. Okay, and of course we know that that's true. I mean, not true. But the one thing I do want to say, the one thing I do agree with them is, yeah, don't listen to this guy. Don't, don't listen to him at all. Like, that's just, that's the takeaway. You know, he's saying, hey, don't listen to your pastor. Don't worship, worship the way you go. Yeah, don't listen to this guy. All right, he's he's right about that. I actually, um, I actually agree with him. So, you know, this brings us to, you know, I mean, they're all talking about like Ishtar, fertility goddess, um, Oster, you know, another fertility goddess and, and you know, all that stuff. And uh, but what but what do you do now if you are a fundamentalist uh, Christian who is, you know, bordering on strict legalism and uh, workspace salvation? How do you handle uh the the easter traditions that we have of easter bunnies for example well for that we turn the wretched radio once again my buddy Todd Friel here getting it wrong once again on so many different things so let's listen Todd please give us your wisdom on Easter bunnies and celebrating Easter.
4: Now, no matter which way you decide, you're now in the situation where you still want there to be peace in the house. How do you do that? And this doesn't just have to do with this lady's particular unequally yoked situation. It's for all of us on a lot of issues. Can we just make our position clear? Let it go and then live peaceably? And I think... That that is what you're, what what you would be encouraged to do. That would help the temperature of the ho, the home, keep from boiling over. You can make your position, honey. You know that this is this is this holiday. This is when the Godman rose from the dead, and it just so trivializes it for me that it just it really it kind of hurts to see the kids trivializing it with it the, with these activities. So. I just wanted you to know how I feel about it. But you're my husband. And if that's what you want the kids to do, then so be it. And then you can move forward without it being residuey. Try not to keep bringing it up. Try not to have just the attitude that I would be inclined to have. <laughs> I wasn't exactly getting my way and something like this were happening. Or if you don't think that it is a sin for your kids to do that, make sure either way that you're teaching them why. Without it becoming World War III in your house, I get it. I so, believe me, I get it. I do not like that our world disparages our Christian holidays. I don't like it. But would this be the hill to die on? I don't think so. And, and this is true whether you're a male or female and you're unequally yoked. You have a thousand situations like this. Choose wisely, grasshopper. Make sure that you are b- being thoughtful about how big of a deal this really is. And then go about the business of not contradicting per se your spouse. Okay, kids, while your dad is in the restroom... This whole Easter bunny thing. Stupid. It's about fertility. Has nothing to do with Jesus Christ rising from the dead. So you need to repent. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Hi, honey. You're back already.
0: Okay. In that little clip right there, in that little um, scenario that he gave, he just affirmed this crazy pagan origin thing. Has no idea where the Easter bunny came from or what it means or why. And I guarantee you, though, if he did know what I'm about to tell you, He would reject it even more because um, he is so anti-Roman Catholic that the idea of the Easter Bunny not being a representation of Jesus, but of Mary, the mother of God, he would reject it out even more as a popish, heretical, pagan interpollution into the faith. That's what he would do. And he'd be like, instead of, so instead of telling the kids, well, the Easter bunny is here because of the, um, of, of Mary, the mother of God being at the crucifixion, you know, being Jesus's mother and her being a virgin rabbits can get pregnant while they are already pregnant. And in the middle ages, people started noticing this. And it, it was noticeable because you could have a rabbit that is pregnant and it has a litter of, of babies. I think that's what they're called, litter of little rabbits, little bunnies. And um, then what would happen is without any contact with any male rabbits, it would give birth to another litter. People are like, how is that possible? That's a virgin birth. They can give birth, you know, without having sex. And it then it gets associated, this is getting associated now with the Virgin Mary, with the Easter story, with the celebration, because of that. This is where the Easter bunny fits into Easter. All right? it's It's dealing with Mary, the mother of God, as part of... The, um, the, the story of redemption that through her, the Messiah, the son of God, the second person of the Trinity came and to, to throw that away because of that, like, that would be like throwing out, um, you know, the understanding of some of the Christmas traditions that we have and why they, you know, exist, who St. Nicholas was, who Santa Claus is, you know, um, not just, you know, some, I don't, I don't know who, who made a Coca-Cola or whatever, you know, in uh, the early 20th century, late 19th century to sell. So no, it's understanding that he was a a champion of the Trinity. He was at the council of Nicaea. He stood up for um, Jesus Christ being of the same substance as the father. You know, he punched Arius in the face. Like these are things that you know, but what what do people like like this say? Oh no, throw out Santa Claus, throw out Saint Nicholas. That's that's a pagan. That's that's pagan, you know, deity worship or demigod worship or something like that. They just they throw it all out. But here you have Wretched Radio, and again, this guy has I mean the last guy, you know, I, I said he has a uh, hundred and twelve thousand subscribers and people have watched this Pagan Origins of Easter, 224,000 times. The first guy had um, over half a million subscribers, and so far, 37,000, over 37,000 people have watched that. And now you have Todd Friel, who podcast, radio, syndication, all the stuff that he does, and just on Facebook, or just on YouTube here, he has... Um, he has 429,000 subscribers on YouTube. And so far, uh, 7,000 people have watched this clip from the show. Not watching the show itself or listening to the show itself, but watched this clip from it, 7,000. And he just put this clip out about two days ago, maybe three days ago, two or three days ago, 7,000 people that he's telling, you know, this too, that, you know, We shouldn't be celebrating Easter, you know, with these these symbols that are pagan, which they are not pagan. And this is problematic. So, you know, we're going to get into this a lot next week um, and and looking at like the history of this and everything. I found some really great resources and I'm going to go through that. But um, Easter is not pagan in origin. It does not have pagan uh, symbolism anywhere in it. It um is not a, a sinful demonic thing. it is not a secularization of the um, uh, of Christianity and it was not invented in the eighth century. All of these things could be understood, alleviated, um, illuminated if you just picked up a history book. If you just said, where, how far back does Easter go and where do these traditions come from, and went to a history book instead of the history channel, which is edutainment, it's not even education. Instead of going to a Google search, pagan origins of Easter or whatever, you know, if you actually knew church history. And because you don't want to know church history and people like this, they don't know church history because it doesn't fit in their ecclesiology, their understanding of the church. To them, the church began whenever they said that it did or at some particular time or, or whatever, especially fundamentalists. They get very close to being restorationist people that say the gospel was lost for about 2000 years or 1900 years. And then it was just rediscovered in the 19th century. And this is what they have. Some would say 18th century. And now we have the true gospel and it has been rediscovered and it's with us, you know, or, you know, I mean, that would be Seventh-day Adventists too, because they, they started in the, in the 19th century. Uh, But all of these people that, I mean, that's, I would, I would venture to guess if If their their understanding of church history didn't go back as far as their last building campaign, it certainly only would go back to about the middle of the 1800s, maybe beginning of the 1800s. I would be surprised if it went back any further than that. Maybe maybe you give some the benefit of the doubt to the um, 18th century, you know, but... Nope. Doesn't seem like it goes back any further than that. Now with Todd Friel, he may make the argument, Oh no, mine goes back 500 years. Yeah. Back to my understanding of the reformation. Okay, great. Wonderful. Um, But this is just like, this is what makes our jobs like so much harder Christians, you know? And, yeah, somebody asked me about, that. I, I'm, I'm kind of on this topic because on, on, you know, Twitch where I do, um, you know, my, my outreach ministry while I'm playing games and stuff, I also engage with other streamers while they're streaming in their chat. And um, somebody asked that about, um, about the Easter Bunny. And I just put in there because they said, what does the Easter Bunny have to do with Jesus? And I said, well, nothing. It technically has to do with Mary. And, you know, I just kind of explained that really quick. And they just thought that was super, super interesting. And they asked me, they're like, could you do a stream where you talk about Easter? Yeah. And you talk and and talk about these origins, what it means. And I'm like, here are people who, you know, some of them are believers. Some of them are not. I would venture to say most of them are not. And they want me to explain resurrection Sunday and the origins of it and why we celebrate it in the way that it happens they want me to explain the gospel to them in the clearest way that I can. And I'm going to take time and I'm going to write this out and I'm going to do this for them uh, because it's important because they probably asked other Christians this and they have, uh, the other Christians have no idea and they're, and some of them are Christians and, and they have no idea and, and they want this. And this is what we should be doing in the church anyways. This is what, you know, should be taking place. This is the conversations that we should be having. And it seems that we're not. It seems that we don't know our history. We don't know God's word. We, th- this is why it's important to not only know the Bible, but know the history. God is a God of history. He always has been. This is why we have feasts and festivals and those sort of things, so we can remember what he has done. He is a God of who transcended time and space to relate to us in time and space. He's not the God of just some ink on paper or, you know, ink on a scroll or, you know, chisel in, in rock, you know, depressions in a rock. He is a living God who exists with us and relates to us in time and space. Okay. He transcends it to be a part of our history and if we ignore the, the history, his story, as um, people break it up in a bad etymological way, and we, we don't understand his mission, it's like we're an ignoring a, a, a central aspect of God's being, of who he has revealed himself to be. And that's the worst part of this, is that we only take a part of what God has revealed to heart and that is scripture and I wouldn't deny any of these three men who we listen to of loving God's word because I guarantee that they all they all do but that's all the further that it goes and nothing else that God has done through history influences them and their understanding of it and their relation to him and that is a key aspect that is a key aspect to understanding our God Understanding His Word, understanding what Christ has done and how the Holy Spirit is working within us. So I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's theology pit. Tune in next week. Be sure, and I'm going to be going over a lot of the origin stuff um, for Easter. Um, and hey, you know, check me out on Twitch uh, TV forward slash the theology or yeah, the Twitch theologian. I'm the Twitch theologian on there. Um, And so now it is definitely time to close down the pit. Thank you.
3: Thank you for listening to The Theology Pit. Please take a moment to rate our podcast and leave a comment about what you like or what you don't like. Each rating and comment helps others discover this show. Don't forget to visit us at thetheologypit.com to make a donation. While on the website, we would appreciate it if you would share these podcasts with your friends and family on social media. Our Facebook page is also titled The Theology Pit. Stop over and give us a like. If you have any questions or topics you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, please write to samson at the That's Samson, spelled S A M S O N, at thetheologypit.com. Now, here's a preview of next week's show.
0: So next week we're going to be talking about Easter, we're going to be talking about the origin of Easter, we're going to talk about why um, Easter looks the way that it does today in America, the way that we celebrate it, Um, a lot of the way that Western Christianity celebrates Easter. What's up with, you know, Easter eggs and Easter bunny and, you know, the chocolates and like all that stuff. Why, why do we do the things that we kind of do? And also looking at how this doesn't have anything to do with pagan origins or anything like that. So that'll be really exciting. Um, look out for that one.
3: This and more on the next Theology Pit.